0: super talk mississippi media production find your new ride at Kia macomb's all new location at the corner of i-55 and highway 98 come find out why macomb loves Kia macomb at the corner of i-55 and highway 98 right on the corner right on the price What's up, everybody, on this Wednesday now? Well, not yet, but we are 10 days away from the college football season. Almost into single digits on this hot but beautiful Wednesday morning. I'm Michael Borky. Welcome into the live stream. You can call it Mike in the morning or whatever you want. I had somebody call it my Twitch thing the other day. This isn't on Twitch, but, hey, I appreciate that somebody at least attributed this to like a name. So I appreciate you guys. Welcome in. Uh, Before we get started, one, we're talking about SEC teams today. It was a topic on the radio show yesterday that I'm bringing here to you guys. Uh, Teams that will overachieve in 2021 or underachieve in 2021. Also, uh, the Kentucky quarterback, the guy that was just named the starter, is an absolute psychopath. I'll show you a video that explains uh, that statement right there. And uh, there's something that I'm really looking forward to this season that that nobody's really talking about. So we'll get to that also this morning. First, real quick, I want to remind you, number one, if you want to be a part, I would love to have uh, you guys just drop a comment, whatever platform you're on, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, doesn't matter. uh, They'll populate in this little feed here that I've got on this server that I'm using and I can display them and and talk about them. So don't be afraid to be a part. I would love to have you guys. Also, uh, wherever you're listening or however you're listening, don't forget you can find me on YouTube. So search My name, that's all you got to do on YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you like what you hear, like the video, I'd appreciate that. Also follow on Twitter and Facebook and Mike in the morning. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find it there. JP, I don't like your energy this morning. Morning, Michael. What's that? You usually uh, bring a little bit more fire than that. Come on, man. Even a period at the end of that? That's like uh, when my wife is texting me when she's mad. You know, short sentences, period at the end. I do the same thing to her. She knows I'm mad when I put periods at the end of of our text messages. So you reminded me of my wife this morning, man. Uh no, I'm glad you yeah, glad you're with me. Glad all of you guys are with me. So the the topic that I brought up yesterday was Who would surprise you with how much they win and who would surprise you with how much they lose? So basically the same thing as overachievers and underachievers for 2021 in the SEC. I'll start with overachievers, teams that I think are being disrespected, if you want to call it that, that I think will be better than people give them credit for going into this season. And my first one, honestly, is Auburn. Now, Here's why I say that. There are some people that think that Auburn is you know, going to be a a nine-win team or whatever, but largely in the general SEC land uh, amongst media, people don't expect Auburn to be particularly good. Uh, They did not appear in the preseason AP poll. They weren't there. They're starting the season unranked, and rightfully so, by the way. If I had a vote, I would not have put Auburn in my preseason top 25, so I think that's appropriate, but a lot of people are – discounting Auburn. They are looking at these schedules for Alabama, for whoever, and are just kind of putting a W next to Auburn for a lot of teams. I mean, you've got people that think that Alabama is just going to run through the SEC, and they look at the schedule, and they're like, win here, win here, win here. Oh, definitely winning the Iron Bowl. And you kind of have that concept going on for a lot of people. I have seen people say that Auburn's just going to go to Penn State and lose. I've seen people that say that uh, Georgia is just going to go to Jordan-Hare and Auburn, and just they're just going to beat Auburn. That's a guarantee. Georgia's just going to go to Jordan-Hare and just come out with an easy win, and and I'm not buying that at all, in fact. I know it's a new coach. It's a transition year, all that stuff. Bo Nix has not impressed me at all. Uh, I was making jokes at his expense uh, with the endorsement deals, and I can't believe the contract wasn't intercepted on the way to him, that kind of stuff. And no, he's not impressive, and I'm not going to try to convince you that Bo Nix is going to suddenly become just this world-beating quarterback. But if you're telling me that a Derek Mason coach to defense with NFL players all over the field is just going to lay down for Georgia and just lay down for Alabama and go to Penn State and just lay down for a team that was Awful last year. I know it's a COVID year and all that. And James Franklin's a good coach. But I mean, you're, you're telling me that a collection of talent like what Auburn has being coached by a defensive mind as good as Derek Mason and Brian Harson was good. I know he was like their eighth option or whatever, but it's not like he was a bad coach at Boise State. Like they settled for somebody that doesn't have success and hasn't proven that he can win at a high level. You're telling me that that collection of talent is just going to lay down, just lay down For Georgia, I don't buy it. They're just going to lay down for Penn State. I I don't buy it at all. They're just going to lay down in College Station. They're just going to lay down in the Iron Bowl, and you can just put a W next to Auburn easily. Just W there, W there, W there, W there. When you're looking at these schedules going into the season, I'm not buying it. Very well could be like an 8-4 and four team. In fact, I kind of expect it. But they're going to be salty, I promise. I, I know Ole Miss fans that are putting a W next to Auburn on the schedule. I know Mississippi State fans that are putting a W next to Auburn on the schedule. Don't do that. That is not a guarantee. Hell, it wasn't last year for either one of you. Uh, it, it, that's not a game that you're just going to win. That's not a game Alabama is just going to win. If you're trying to convince me that Auburn's not going to be salty and a thorn in the side of a lot of the better teams in the SEC, I think you're crazy. They will be really good on defense. They'll be really well coached on defense. I love Derek Mason. It didn't work out as a head guy. It it, it just, you know, some people aren't equipped to handle a difficult job also like Vanderbilt. But if, if you look at what he's done as a defensive mind and a defensive coordinator, and now you give him the most talent he's ever had as a defensive coach, and you're telling me that group, is going to lay down for Penn State, give me a break. No way I'm buying that. So Auburn's my first team. I think they will be better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. You know, it's still likely going to be an eight or nine win team. Not much difference between record this year than what Gus Malzahn would have probably had. But there are people that think that they're just going to lay down for the better teams in the SEC. And I am not buying that at all. Not even a little bit. Zach says, it's an odd year, too. Auburn magic will be in full effect. You know, that year they went to the national championship. The miracle at Jordan-Hare is not even the most miraculous thing that happened. It was the, the Georgia Hail Mary, where two Georgia defenders should have intercepted the ball, and they somehow win that game. One of my favorite college football images is... That gif of the Georgia sideline all falling on their face after that ball was tipped up in the air and caught and Auburn wins the game. Just everybody falling on their face on the field, on the Georgia sideline. One of my favorite images in college football. It just perfectly encapsulates how ridiculous this sport is. Um, William says, good morning. Plans change. Turned down my new job this past Monday for a better job this coming Monday. Heck yeah, man. It's awesome. It is awesome. Things are looking up for William. So good for you, man. That uh, that would be nerve-wracking for me, uh, turning down a, a, a big job offer. But it looks like it worked out for you, man. That's awesome. Glad to have you this morning. Remy says, Auburn has a really hard schedule, and Iron Bowl isn't a rivalry game anymore, not competitive. Uh, let's look at the Winsipedia. Why not? I don't know if you guys have ever used this site, by the way. Winsipedia is what it's called, like Wikipedia, but wins. Uh, you can look at the matchup of any team, any two teams together, and it'll tell you their history, when the games were played, what the score was. Here, I'll actually share this for you so you can see it. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I love this website for stuff specifically like this. So here's the Iron Bowl, and here's the last. So it starts with all the way at the bottom, right? So here's 1893 in Montgomery, Auburn beat Alabama 40 to 16 and then of course all the way up to the most recent games that were played. And Remy the the last 4 years they've gone 2 and 2 against each other. Uh, so the Iron Bowl is absolutely not at least lately a uh, a sure win for Alabama. I mean they're 2 and 2 the last 4 years and uh, I think that will be uh, the case again this year. I'm not saying Auburn's going to beat Alabama. I would not bet anything on that at all, but I just I don't see a scenario in which uh Alabama's just going to roll into Jordan Hare and just take an easy victory. Recent history has, uh, has shown that JP says we kind of hit on the Auburn uncertainty in the tier ranking combo football coin with the Tigers. They have guys all over the field. And that's the thing, man, i that's why one of my underachievers, it's such a difficult pick because of talent. Just, just simply filled with talent. And Auburn's the same way. They have NFL players all over the field and one of the best, if not the best, running back in the league. I mean, Bigsby's a player, a real player. Um, he was exceptional last year with an inept offense that had no passing game whatsoever. Teams would load the box up against Auburn and they'd still have success running the football. The kid's a star. Jeremy says, never an easy game. Auburn will be well-coached and talent is there. Death at torn. Defense a torn. Offense, eh. Yeah. But they'll be able to run the ball, man. Rarely, JP says, is that a game our SEC schools can put an auto W next to? How do you reason with those people? Uh, That's the thing, man. There is no reasoning with sports fans. That's why I love them so much. And that's why sometimes they say mean things. But, you know, well. We'll get past that. Patrick says Mississippi State defensive end Jordan Davis out for the season. I saw this yesterday with an ACL tear. That's a big loss for their defense. Yes, it is. And, and, uh, you know, team stuff aside, these kind of injuries right before the season, I mean, uh, what are we, 17 days right away from the start of the season for Mississippi State, and and to have a guy that – to get hurt for the season this close to it. It just it sucks so bad because you know how much work they put in and you, just, you hate it for the kid first, of course. But it is a big loss for that defense for sure. He was going to be a rotational piece, if not a starter, on that defensive line and one that they were going to rely on heavily. And that's a position group that lost some bodies last year. The front six for Mississippi State lost some guys last year. Uh, so they were going to need some experience like this uh, to carry them, and it's a big loss. Uh, I don't know if it changes like your win-loss predictor. One defensive lineman probably shouldn't do that, but it definitely hurts, uh, that defense for sure. Definitely, definitely hurts. And it's still, again, you just you hate it for the kid. I mean, spend all summer and everything getting ready for the season just to have this happen in practice just a couple weeks before the season begins. It's just brutal. It's uh, It's just brutal. William Wishes Old Miss got Derek Mason. Man, I was screaming about that on the radio. Hire that man. And, and we had listeners who were like, no, he sucks. His Vanderbilt teams were bad. They, they, they were. He's a brilliant defensive mind. Vanderbilt's the most difficult job in the SEC, and it's not even close. It's like everybody else is in a different atmosphere from Vanderbilt. He just wasn't able to win football games there. But he can coach defense. As good as anybody in the country. Uh, I was screaming about that on the radio. And I had some people say that, no, we don't want him. He sucks. And I thought, you guys are crazy. And you're going to find out at Auburn how bad he really sucks. Uh, in the hard way. You're going to learn that as well. Zach says, Winsopedia, a.k.a. The Remember That Your Team Doesn't Have Any Heisman Winners website. <laughs> uh, true that. True that. Uh, you guys know this. Uh, this next one for me already. Uh, Texas A&M, and again, this is a cop-out answer. I said it on the radio yesterday that I know that this is a cop-out answer because they're a top-six team in college football. And and I won't spend too much time because you guys know how I feel about them already. I think Texas A&M is not getting enough buzz nationally. People that cover the SEC realize how good they're going to be. At least I think so. They should anyway. But nationally, everybody's talking about you know the big four plus Georgia. Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia. And it's like people are grouping those five together, and then there's a a tier below, and that's where they insert Texas A&M, and I think that's a mistake. The playoff has created a way that the sport is covered, which I think is detrimental to the sport, because when you watch these preview shows on ESPN or whatever, it's all about the playoff. Playoff, playoff, playoff. That's all they talk about every week. It's college game day every morning. Playoff, playoff, playoff. And it's only the teams that can make the playoff that's all they talk about, and it really harms the sport. They're leaving Texas A&M out of some of these conversations, and I think that's a mistake. Don't be surprised. This is this is kind of a hot taker. I'm right? channeling my inner Max Kellerman here. I would not be surprised if Texas A&M won every game they played. I wouldn't be. I'm not saying they will. I'm not going full Max on this one. But you look at this schedule for Texas A&M and tell me that they could not run the table with what they have coming back, with how good they're going to be on both lines of scrimmage, an elite-level running game, a high-level tight end, good receivers, elite defensive line, NFL players all over it. You tell me that they couldn't do it? I think you're crazy. I know, little Max Kellerman in me there. Don't be surprised if Texas AM is the team that represents the SEC West in the SEC Championship. Nobody's giving them that kind of a shot, and I think that they might just do it. My third team, overachievers in the SEC, is Vanderbilt. And, you know, that's with, with relativity mixed in there. I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be a bold team, but you guys have heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. I think Vanderbilt is a team that will not finish last in the SEC East. In fact, I think that they've got possibly four wins on this schedule. I mean, you know, they start with East Tennessee State. They have Colorado State on the road, which is kind of a funky game. Beautiful new stadium they built uh, for Colorado State, by the way. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, they have Stanford, who's taken a step back at home. You know, UConn is on the schedule. I think South Carolina is a winnable game for them. I think Missouri at home is, you know, there's a chance that Vanderbilt wins four games this year, whether it's three in the non-conference plus South Carolina. you know, they have a bye week before they play Kentucky who I think will be good, but still um, I uh, I think that people expect Vanderbilt to be a one or two win football team and and I'm not there yet. I like Clark Lee a lot. I like their quarterback a lot. Ken Seals is uh, looked really good considering he was a true freshman on the worst team in the SEC last year. Don't be surprised. If you get Vanderbilt's win total at like two and a half, which is, I've seen that in some places, take the over. I think they'll overachieve on that number. Bringing it back local, Old Miss, I have on overachievers, Old Miss question mark, and underachievers, Old Miss question mark. Because when you look at the preseason top 25, the one that just came out, the AP poll, Old Miss isn't ranked. They were 25th in the coaches' poll, but they will use the ap poll i think uh, until the playoff rankings come out almost isn't ranked so how could you possibly underachieve as an unranked team you know you're you're not even considered one of the best 25 teams in america and if you go 6 and 6 is that really an underachievement when you were not ranked to start the season but on the flip side a lot of people around here myself included to some degree think that that team has a chance to be really good, to play in a Florida Bowl on New Year's Day. Not an Access Bowl, but a Florida Bowl, Gator, Outback, something like that. I think that they have that kind of uh, a chance to be that team this year. I think Matt Corral has a chance to be a first-round pick. In fact, all he has to do is just play to his capability. That's it. Just don't do what you did in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and do what you did for the other nine games. You're a first-round pick. It's that simple. So I, I didn't know where to put them because how, how can you underachieve if you're not ranked? But the hype around here, the expectation is it's going to be a really good football team. So I, I, I didn't know where to put them. I put them under both with question marks after. I have no idea where I fall as far as can they do that. Just wanted to throw that out there. So Auburn, Texas A&M and Vanderbilt went out on a ledge there with Vandy. Yeah, I've been beating that drum all offseason that I think they'll be better than people expect them to be. They're not going to win many games, but they might give people a bit of a hard time every now and then. And the new uniforms look good. Texas, huh? Auburn is the only team Vanderbilt doesn't have a losing record against in the SEC. Is that true? Is that true? I had no idea. I'll take your word for it. That's crazy. Um, and they do have a, a losing record all time as a, uh, as a program. Yeah. I mean, this, this website, I, I'm glad that you pulled this up. This thing's incredible. Wikipedia gives you their record against teams in all of college football and they, they break it down for per conference. So here, I'll show this to you again. Um, And Zach is right. Vanderbilt has a losing record against everybody in the SEC, with the exception of Auburn. They are five hundred against Auburn in the SEC. Uh, How about that? Um, It's really close with Kentucky and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is only 13 games better than Vanderbilt, and they've played uh, 95 times. And Ole Miss is only 13 games better. Mississippi State is seven games better, but they've only played uh, 23 times. So pretty dominant there. And look at their success against Tennessee lately. Three of the last five. Five of the last nine. That's embarrassing, by the way, for Tennessee. Yikes. Uh, Underachievers. Underachievers. Teams that are either looked at highly that I think will lose more than expected or something like that. Underachievers this year, and it has to start with LSU. The AP poll had them ranked, what was it, 13th? Somebody please explain to me, other than their LSU, and it's just on their helmet, why they should start the season Ranked as the 13th best team in college football. And I know the quick answer is because they're super talented. But were they not super talented a year ago? Yes, they lost basically everything from the the national championship team. But but somebody help me out with that. They are super talented. One of the more talented teams in college football. They recruit extremely well. But. 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 They were that way a year ago. And after last year, everything's changing again. Lost a bunch of coaches, fired a handful of them. Everything's new again, just like it was a year ago. Why should LSU start the season as the number 13 team in college football other than in name only? There is nothing tangible that you have that should tell you they're going to be that good. I would not be surprised at all if they end the season outside of the top 25. Now, they are so talented that they will be able to compete with basically anybody on their schedule. But again, that was the case a year ago. It seems like the ship is sinking. And until proven otherwise, I'm going to expect that ship to sink. So when you're looking at this team and you've got people like Barrett Salee, who I like, saying they're going to win the SEC West, and and my question would be how? How are they going to do that? What tells you that they are capable of doing that? Um, Nothing. Uh, Nothing at all. I expect this team uh, to be similar to what we saw a year ago. Talented, competitive with a lot of teams on their schedule, and a budding dumpster fire. I think that's where we're headed. So LSU is my underachiever. How's this one for Max Kellerman? Uh, Georgia. Georgia is my other underachiever this season because a lot of people are talking about them running the table, that Georgia's just going to run through the SEC. Uh, They'll meet Alabama in the SEC Championship. They'll be a playoff contender. Georgia's going undefeated. Uh, Whatever the over-under for their win total is, I think it's 10.5. I would go under. I would go under at 10.5, and and, and I would feel really good about that. Aside from the fact that they have to start the season with Clemson, a team that is better than them. They'll have better quarterback play. (laughs) People are just discounting Clemson. Some... People around here are discounting Clemson because they don't have Trevor Lawrence anymore, as if they did not get to see what DJ is all about for two games last year, one of which against a playoff team. But like I said before, you think they're just going to walk into Jordan Hare and win and win comfortably and not be challenged at all? Uh, you think they're not going to be challenged by Florida in the cocktail party? You, you're really going to try to sell me on that? I'm not buying that if you're trying to sell me that. they will. There will be another loss for Georgia somewhere. Until they show me that their offense can be dominant and win games, I, I'm not a believer in that. I still think it's going to be a really good football team. I, hell, they'll probably still win the East. But they're not running the table. They're not going undefeated. They will underachieve relative to those expectations. Until proven otherwise, Kirby Smart is mark-ripped with better recruiting. Until proven otherwise, that's how I'm going to feel. They'll have really good teams. Until they get over the hump, I'm going to... Until they get over the hump, I'm not going to predict them getting over the hump. So there are your underachievers. LSU and Georgia. And your overachievers again. Auburn, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt. Lose to Clemson and... I'm Either at Auburn, Florida in the cocktail party. Hell, man, are, are you really going to count out Kentucky in any game this season? Honestly, look at what Kentucky has returning. And now they've added a really talented quarterback via transfer portal, who, by the way, is a psycho. Again, I'll show you that video here in a second. Um, give me the under 10 and a half for Georgia. Give me the under. I'll show you that video right now. Now that uh, I'm talking about Kentucky, this kid is an absolute lunatic. He's a psychopath. This is Kentucky's new starting quarterback. He was just named the starter, I think, yesterday. And he's a Penn State transfer. He's really talented. People believe in him. And he is also a serial killer. Yeah, for those of you in podcast form, he is on a lie on a TikTok video. I guess this is what this is. Eating a banana without peeling it. Cover and all. And it, it's not, he it looks like he's not doing this for a clout. Like this is something that he's comfortable with because he's not struggling at all eating this banana. He's done this before. He's done it before. Look at this psycho. That that, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I mean th- that that is what serial killers do right there. And that's Kentucky's new quarterback. What a lunatic this guy is. Um I mean, it, monkeys in the wild peel bananas. I mean, uh, what a crazy person. Uh, I mean, who does that? Who does that? I guess you got people talking. But who does that? Serial killers. That, that's, that's who does that. But anyway, uh, I was doing something yesterday. I don't know if you guys do this. It might just be me. Uh, The the one most underrated aspect of college football returning to relative normalcy this year is uh, stadium entrances. JP, you don't eat the potato skins? Are you crazy, man? I do. When you finish a baked potato, I I put like a little barbecue and hot sauce in it and eat the the skin. So maybe I'm a serial killer as well. You guys will never know. Uh, I was watching stadium entrances yesterday. For like an hour and a half. Uh, That's something we didn't really get a whole lot of last year. In part because of COVID of course. uh, A lot of marching bands weren't able to like be on the field. And and do that kind of thing. And of course the stands weren't full. So it wasn't the same. Like we didn't get Enter Sandman. From Virginia Tech last year. Uh, We didn't really get the Clemson running down the hill. In the same way uh, that we usually get it. I spent like I said. Like an hour and a half yesterday. Watching stadium entrances. Uh, That's low key something that uh i didn't even think about that i missed last year and of course i didn't i don't go to virginia tech games but the way that the television broadcast captures that kind of stuff we didn't get a whole lot of last year and so that's the thing that you know we talked about it on the show yesterday some that i'm most looking forward to this season that is not like outcome of a game related or like a player performance related it's entrances i want to see inner sandman with the this packed student section Jumping up and down as the team goes underneath the tunnel and it's shaking above them as they're about to take the field or the the touching the rock and running down the hill at Clemson where they get in buses on the other side of the stadium and bus around the stadium. To run down the hill or the script Ohio, which is the coolest thing I've seen in person in college football is the Ohio State band doing the script Ohio. They are incredible. Uh, the running through the tee that kind of stuff. I'm with you. I mean, they're the most electric moments in all of sports. No other sport, none. No other sport gives you the entrances that you get like in college football because in the NFL, you know, they announce the starters on one side of the ball. So you go to a game and the team doesn't take the field altogether, like only one side of the ball and the non-starters take the field separate from the starting unit who get introduced individually. There's nothing electric about that. It's not near as cool. You don't get that in basketball, obviously. I mean, I, I guess you have like the, the, the things that project images on the court now and stuff, and that's fine, but whatever. Nothing in sports replicates the stadium entrances that you get in college football. Nothing at all. And uh, that's something that I missed last year. I didn't even think about it until I started watching these videos yesterday. That we didn't get this last year. And, uh, and I'm glad we do this year. So anyway, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Search my name. Subscribe on, uh, on YouTube just 10 days away from the start of the college football season. 17 days away until everybody around here uh, gets started. So countdown continues and uh, continue listening to me. And I'll keep trying to give you as much content as I possibly can this season. So subscribe on YouTube. Like the video if you like what you hear. And um, I appreciate you guys very much. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Y'all have a good one. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.